and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone, from beginner to expert, can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Welcome to Plant School. As you can see, today is a rerun. You may be wondering why, or maybe you aren't wondering because you can hear my voice and how sick I sound. I'm currently sick. I've been battling it. I thought it would go away and I could record, but it just hasn't worked out. And on top of that, there's a lot of things happening in my life, such as moving. So, a lot of fun things, but not really conducive to me having the brain space to make a completely new episode at this moment. Thank you so much for being understanding. I hope you enjoy this week's rerun. And in two weeks, I will be back with a brand new episode. And we will also be doing our giveaway winner then. This rerun is all about herbs, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Plant School. This week's episode, we're going to be learning a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of it about herbs. I want to give a quick shout out to Haley on Instagram. She's the one who suggested this episode and covering this topic. So thank you, Haley. It's a great idea. And I can't believe I haven't covered herbs yet because that is such a common thing for people to be growing inside of their homes or outdoors. And so I'm excited to dive in and hopefully give you guys some base knowledge of herbs and how to keep them alive. So the first question that I I usually always start with it is what is a what is an herb? Oh my goodness, I don't know why, but I just have this deep desire to say herb. I think I like started saying that as a joke a few years ago and it's like haunted me ever since. I catch myself saying herbs sometimes and it's so annoying. Who says that? Nobody. So if I slip up in this episode, I'm sorry. Maybe I can edit it out. All right, so back to my question. What is an herb? And in the sense of what we're talking about today, because it does have quite a few meanings, it is a plant, any plant that has leaves, seeds, or flowers that are used for flavoring, food, medicine, or perfume. And even that definition is super broad and includes probably millions of plants within that. For today's episode, we're going to narrow it down to the more common herbs that we think of that are used mostly for food and for flavoring. So my next question that I want answered is why grow herbs? What is the point of growing them? Why put your time into it? So number one, they're actually really easy to grow inside due to most herbs coming from relatively dry Mediterranean areas. They also allow you to have better flavor when you use them for cooking compared to the flavor you would get from a dried herb that's been sitting on a shelf in a grocery store. It's actually one of the more economical things that you can be growing because fresh herbs and even dried herbs at the store are fairly expensive. I know a lot of people like rag on gardening of, oh, if you have a small garden, it's not really saving you much money. And in some cases, it's probably true. I know I feel like sometimes my tiny garden that I have is definitely not saving me much money, 
but it brings me a lot of joy. So I just dismiss that whole argument. But for herbs, this is actually a real argument that can be made because you think about those tiny little boxes they have with fresh herbs in them. It comes, you know, with like a couple stems of rosemary or basil, whatever. They can be like four or five dollars. It adds up really fast. And so you growing them in your own home and using them is great on your wallet. Herbs can also offer you great color in your landscape if you are growing them outside. You don't simply have to have them just in a garden. You can actually incorporate them into your landscape to create really beautiful scenery. Some examples of common herbs that are used in landscaping are lemon thyme, silver thyme, purple basil, golden sage, etc. And those can all be used as herbs and in cooking. Also, herbs are really great for pollinators. And again, this is if you're growing them outside. They're great for pollinators. And many are deer resistant. So the deer oftentimes do not enjoy eating them. And another benefit of growing herbs and why you should grow them is that it's actually easier than vegetable gardening because they do not need as much space and it is great for beginner gardeners. That was a lot of different reasons of why you should grow herbs. So if you aren't already, perhaps consider it. And you can grow them in several different ways. So the number one way would obviously be fully outside. And there are pros and cons with each of these methods that I'm going to be mentioning. Fully outside, you do have to harvest them before frost hits if you do have frost happening where you live, which most of my listeners I know are in the United States or in Europe, and you do deal with frost dates. So when growing them outside, you would have to be replanting them in spring, although not all of them. Some are frost hardy, meaning that they can survive. The next method is fully inside. You would need lots of sunlight for this method. So if you have big windows or an area that gets a lot of sun, this is a great option, or you can be using grow lights. The next option is a mix of the two. You can grow herbs inside for part of the year and outside for part of the year. So you'd have them outside when it's warm, sunny, they love it, and you'd bring them inside during those winter months when it is too cold to have them survive outside. So it's a bit of a hassle but some people do like this method because it allows them to have those fresh herbs all year round. So knowing that those are your options of starting, what's the best way to actually start? Like, are we starting with seeds? Are we starting with big plants? This applies to indoor or outdoor. How do we start? So one easy way is that they have these super nifty, inexpensive starter kits online. If you just look up herb starter kit you can find them they're in a price range of anywhere from like 15 to 30 dollars mostly i'm sure they can get more expensive or less but they usually will include the pots the seeds the soil and everything you might need to start an herb garden i've personally tried using these and they're just a super easy way to go Although when you are starting with seeds, you have to remember that there is a chance that your seeds might die before they're even able to sprout up. That's happened to me before and it's so frustrating. So you also have the option of buying them fully grown. Most nurseries will carry a wide selection of herbs for you to choose from. Of course, they are a little bit more expensive, but then you do not have to deal with the hassle of growing it yourself and possibly having those seeds die. It is just up to your personal preference. 
And I would advise when you're starting an herb garden, look at what you cook with and use the most and kind of start there. If you like to use dishes with a lot of cilantro, maybe buy cilantro seeds or buy the cilantro plant and try that first because you know that you'll be using it quite a bit. Herbs that do well indoors include basil, oregano, mint, chives, sage, rosemary, and thyme. So if you want to do indoors, you can start with those. And most all herbs do well outside. If you live somewhere that's crazy, like, I don't know, Antarctica, I'm not so certain, but for most of you listening, all herbs will do well outside in their growing season. Okay, and there's one more thing I wanted to cover before I like dive into how to specifically care for herbs and keep them alive, like a little care guide, you could say. I want to go into the unique uses of herbs, which I think this is such a fun question to even dive into because we get to look at the recipes and all the fun things that you could make with the herbs that you are growing. So besides just adding them to flavor your cooking, because I feel like that's kind of a given with herbs, we all know that. There's a lot of other fun recipes that you can be using them for. So I'm going to give you some examples, but herbs are actually super medicinal, meaning they can be used as a medicine. I'm not saying toss out your traditional medicine and replace it with your herbs, because I do definitely think there is place for modern medicine and room for more herbal medicines, I think they can work great hand in hand. So I just want to mention a few herbs that are used as medicine. So peppermint can really help you boost your mood, improve focus, ease nausea, and help digestion. I definitely have used peppermint to ease nausea before when I am pregnant. I love chewing gum because that peppermint smell and taste really just helps my upset stomach. If you are growing peppermint, you can just chew directly on the leaves. That's totally fine to do. You can also be making essential oils yourself. There's a whole process for that that you could look up and create your own. And mint just grows like crazy. I feel like it's almost like a weed if you let it go. And so it's just one that has a lot of uses. And I'm actually going to tell you about some fun recipes you can be using mint for. Next, I want to mention oregano as being one of the medicinal plants because it's full of antioxidants. It can boost your immune system and it is also antifungal and antibacterial. I've actually heard of people of using oregano essential oil for warts and it working really well, probably because of those properties that I just mentioned. And lastly, I want to give a shout out to cilantro because it is a great herb for detoxifying your body of metals. Honestly, whenever I like study or get into medicinal plants at all, my biggest takeaway is just to have a healthy diet and eat different foods because so many foods are medicinal, so many plants are medicinal. So if you're just eating a variety, it's all working in your body and doing such great unique things for you. Okay, so here are some quick examples of some of the fun recipes that you can be doing with different herbs. So number one, I want to try this one. You can dry your mint and you can make peppermint tea. So you can actually like buy empty tea bags on Amazon and after your mint has dried, you know, you've clipped it from your plant and you've hung it up to dry, you can take those leaves, stick them in a tea bag and make your own peppermint tea. Next is lavender. I feel like this one's really popular, but you can use lavender to add to your bath soak recipes. 
I've used it before, like literally you take the plant, you dry it, and then you pull off all of the flowers. And I've used that to add to a bath bomb recipe at a church activity I went to. It was a lot of fun. You just have to wash down all the lavender flowers after you are done soaking in the tub. And sometimes they stick to you. So I'm, I'm not really selling it here, am I? It, it's fun. It smells great. It was whimsical. I don't know. I don't know. But it was, it was still fun. Not a huge deal to clean up. All right, next, you can use thyme and infuse it with honey to help sore throats and wet coughs. There are recipes out there on how to infuse your thyme with honey and make kind of like your own little homemade cough syrup. Fennel is often used in recipes to create gripe water for fussy babies, and it's something that is safe for babies. I would not be promoting something that could harm children. If you look up a recipe that uses fennel to create your own gripe water, it is baby safe. I have not tried it myself because I've never grown fennel and I haven't had a super colicky baby before, but if I do, I might have to pull this one out. Another example is sage. You can use it to create a tincture and a tincture is simply the plant that has been soaked in some sort of alcohol and that extracts different chemicals from the plants that are beneficial to you and then you strain it of course and you have this herbal alcoholic tincture and you can use that to help with hot flashes and night sweats. Rosemary is another one. This is my last example. Um, but rosemary, you can add it to white vinegar and create a hair rinse after shampooing and it can really help your hair have more shine and luster. And these are like all real recipes. I've looked them up. I trust them. They're from sources I completely trust. And I know that there are so many other recipes out there that use herbs in a fun way besides just using them to your cooking, which is a great way to use them. Like no shame on that. But I just want to open your guys' eyes that when you grow herbs, there is a whole world out there of other uses that they can be going towards. All right, now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in exactly how to care for your herbs and how you are going to keep them alive to last you a long time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back, ready to dive in on how to care for your herbs. So with this care guide, herbs is a large family. We're focusing on the ones that are really common in our households that we use in cooking. And so these tips are geared towards them. So when it comes to watering your herbs, overwatering is definitely the most common cause for an herb dying. I mentioned earlier that a lot of them naturally grow in dry Mediterranean places, so they do not do well if their roots are sitting in wet soil. They will die. You will see this when they begin to yellow or drop leaves. You can see mold on your soil or your plant will start to wilt. Those are all signs of overwatering and root rot. 
Underwatering your plant will cause wilting and eventually that will lead to your leaves beginning to yellow and drop if they are getting no water at all. If you have ever bought an herb from a grocery store, be sure to take them out of their plastic wrapping for this reason of them really struggling with overwatering and underwatering and put them in a pot that has sufficient drainage. That way you are ensuring that it won't be sitting in wet soil for long periods of time. But just like with houseplants, you want to be checking the soil before you're watering. Allow the top few inches to dry before you give it more water. And herbs actually do appreciate humidity. So if you do want to provide them a humidifier or a pebble tray, that can really help them out, especially in the wintertime when it's drier, they can struggle a little bit with the humidity factor. When it comes to lighting for your herbs and where to put them, most herbs need a minimum of six hours of sunlight each day. And I'm talking like direct sunlight. That's totally fine for herbs to get direct sunlight. That's what they would be getting in a garden. And so if you can provide that in your home, that is ideal. A south-facing window provides a lot of light, but if you don't have one, you can use artificial light and it's recommended to have one on for 14 to 16 hours a day. And artificial lights are really inexpensive on Amazon. You don't have to break the bank to get an artificial light. And if you notice that your plant is kind of getting thin and spindly looking, that's a sign that it's not getting enough light. And some herbs don't need as much light as others. For example, mint, bay, and rosemary are herbs that don't require as much sun. And when it comes to the temperature in your home, most herbs prefer between 65 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 18 to 24 degrees Celsius. And most herbs do not want to go below 55 degrees, which is about 13 degrees Celsius. And most herbs, they'll survive at lower than 55 degrees, but they won't be producing much under these conditions. They don't grow as much. And if you do have herbs outside, things like chives, parsley, rosemary, thyme, oregano, overwinter really well inside. So you can let them overwinter outside. You just have to refrain from taking any cuttings from them or they might not be able to come back in the spring or you can just bring them in and be using them all year round. When it comes to repotting your herbs, if they are in pots and not growing out in a garden, some actually do need to be repotted fairly often, especially if you have bought them from the supermarket. I know I've done this multiple times where I will buy a pot of basil because I don't want to buy the tiny little package that is just as expensive as this whole live plant. And they usually come really densely planted and root bound because they've been sitting there for a while. And herbs actually do best if they are in a smaller pot with one herb rather than a dozen or more all in one pot. So you can remedy this problem by thinning them out or you can divide them up, like pull it out of the pot and be pulling away the dirt, separating them out from each other, being gentle with those roots, and you can transplant them into separate containers. And for herbs, using a general potting mix is totally fine. There's no special herb soil that you need to be using. And if you want to, after you've been growing them inside for a time, you can plant them outside in your garden in the spring, or you can move them to larger outdoor containers if that's something you want to do. But just make sure that if you've gotten them from the supermarket that you repot them because they can be pretty tightly wound up in there. 
Next, I want to go over how to harvest your herb, which is a big part of owning an herb. So you want to harvest when they've reached a height of six inches or more for most herbs. Don't remove more than one third of a plant at a time because that could cause it to be so stressed that it does not come back. And frequent pruning and harvesting can really help a plant, especially in the winter. Basil and mint do best if you harvest just the tops every two weeks or so, right above a node or where a leaf is coming out. And things like coriander, parsley, dill do best if you remove one or two of the outermost stems at a time. And if you are growing them outside and don't want to deal with the hassle of bringing them inside, you can always harvest just everything before that first frost date hits and kill some of them and you can dry them. This is usually what I will do especially because I've mostly used community gardens because I don't own my own yard. When I know the first frost date is coming, I will go pick everything I can, bundle them into small bundles and hang them to dry somewhere where it's pest free and cool and dry obviously takes a few days up to a few weeks for them to completely dry. After that, I pull off their leaves, I crush them up, and then I would store them in cleaned out baby food jars. Or you can find some other sort of jar or container to put them in. And I have used these dried herbs for cooking for quite a while. Just so you know, dried herbs usually have a two to three year shelf life if they are stored properly. So keep that in mind that every two to three years you should be replenishing those herbs, throwing out the old ones, just because they don't hold as much flavor and oil in them. So they aren't really very potent when you are putting them into your cooking and doing what they normally would do when they were more fresh. Next thing is fertilizing your herbs. Is it even necessary to fertilize them? So herbs actually aren't super heavy feeders. They won't need much of anything, especially if you've just repotted them with fresh soil. That fresh soil does supply them with a lot of great nutrients. But if you haven't repotted them lately, they're fine with fertilizer once a month during spring and summer. And you want to be using a 10-10-10 fertilizer pretty sparingly. And the 10-10-10 refers to the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium values in the fertilizer, which are the three main macronutrients that your plant is absorbing from the soil. So if you do use a lot of fertilizer, this is the risk you run. It can cause them to grow faster and can cause them to actually lose some of their flavor because they will have a lesser concentration of their natural oils. So it's recommended to fertilize pretty lightly for herbs. So if you forget and you don't fertilize them, don't worry. It's probably not a big deal. And last thing I want to cover is how to propagate your herb because actually a lot of them can be propagated really easily. So for example, mint and basil, you can take cuttings of them and place them in water and they can grow roots from there, just from the cutting, which is really neat. And then other herbs can be propagated in different ways by dividing them, meaning you quite literally divide the plant into two. I would go into the details of every single one, but depending on what you have, you can search the best way to propagate it. 
But that is all the questions I have for the care portion of your herbs. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast episode, they're really easy to grow, great for beginners. They don't need much space, which makes them really great for indoor gardening. And so if you've ever wanted to break into the gardening world, I would say herbs are a great way to go. And if you are already growing them, I hope that this care guide and learning more about them has helped you. Maybe you're more excited to try some new recipes with them. I know, I definitely am. That being said, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you'll join me next week here on the Plant School podcast, and I really appreciate you being here and listening. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast. Mm -hmm.